award-winning actress and producer has created the kinds of unforgettable characters that connect with critics and audiences alike. She won an Academy Award for her portrayal of June Carter Cash in Walk the Line and later was nominated in the same category for Wild in 2014, which, was also, which she also produced. Her role in Wild also garnered Golden Globes, SAG, Critics' Choice, and BAFTA Awards nominations. Other films credits include Sweet Home Alabama, Legally Blonde, and Election. I haven't seen Election. She has executive produced and starred in two seasons of HBO's critically acclaimed Big Little Lies, with the first season winning eight Emmy Awards, four Golden Globes, four Critics' Choice Awards, and two SAG Awards. In addition to her acting and producer roles, Witherspoon is an entrepreneur. In 2016, she established Hello Sunshine, a media brand and content company dedicated to female authorship and storytelling across all platforms. In 2015, she launched Draper James, a retail brand with a focus on fashion, accessories, and home decor inspired by the American South. She is an advocate and activist for women's issues across the globe. And with that, whiskey in a teacup. I love it. So many things. Dun, dun, dun. The more you know. The more you know. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. It was right there. <laughs> oh, I like that it encapsulates Reese Witherspoon as like very well-rounded because I feel like I was looking very much at her Hello Sunshine and her IMDb page <laughs> and those don't talk about the other things. Like I knew about Draper James, but talking about like the real scope. Yeah, she's a yeah. well-rounded human. I'm just disappointed they didn't mention her foray into TikTok. She had her 16-year-old son teach her that. So yes. <laughs> I... it's so funny because when like I'm doing social media for work, I kind of have that feeling that I really want to be like like professional and like I kind of don't always even though social media is such like a community and like fun loving thing like especially with the role of some of our organization I would prefer to err on like the more professional reputable side um but I get kind of mad because then I do like know like people do come on my radar because of their fun-loving content. Like Reese Witherspoon, like has all of these great accolades, involvements, way she comes onto my radar. And then of course, like the first thing I say when she gets brought up in conversation is like, have you seen her TikTok? <laughs> so, I'm, <laughs> I'm a Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. You're I on the cusp. Year off. <laughs> you also were probably first introduced to her in Legally Blonde. I would say yes. Yeah. Yes, me too. So I think that brings us a little millennial, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was told I was a millennial my entire life. So I'm going to continue to keep that identity. And I, I am technically by a year. So I think I'm on the other side. The latter side? Am I? I think so. Depending on how. I don't know. The you lines are arbitrary, kind of, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Well, thanks for giving a more thorough background of her than I was going to. <laughs> I super appreciate that. <laughs> um, so we talked about our first probably encounters with Reese being in Legally Blonde. Yes. Do you know what That's your favorite? Do you know what your favorite thing that Reese has done is? Oh, favorite thing? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really tough, honestly, because there's like everything she's done. Oh, Sweet Home Alabama like really hits home for me. My friend group watched that 
from when it, we were perhaps a little too young to watch it through high school. It was like a slumbo regular media for us. So I think it has to be that, but her newer stuff, her newer TV show is released through Hulu, just absolutely hit home too. So they're so relevant. They're so relevant. And the women are so complex and so different of characters that really add to the complexities of media and showing so many different storylines and perspectives and never in the way that you think it's going to happen. Just, oh, okay, I'm fangirling. I'm fangirling. In my head, I am fangirling. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, Reese Witherspoon recently founded a company called Hello Sunshine. Can I read you their mission statement off their website? You know how I feel about mission statements. Oh, okay, beautiful. Here we go. All right. Quote, Hello Sunshine is on a mission to change the narrative for women. Founded by Reese Witherspoon, Hello Sunshine is a media company that puts women at the center of every story we create, celebrate, and discover. We tell stories we love from big to small to funny to complex all shining a light on where women are now and helping them chart a new path forward. Our stories are shared and experienced with our community through film, television, audio, our website and newsletter, social and digital channels, Reese's Book Club, and in real life." Unquote. So, she is a huge role model of mine. I like she's one of my heroes and I love everything she stands for so that's why I would like to talk about her today and so as one of your heroes who you've had semi-regular exposure to for over a decade um it's not incredible it makes me feel so old you know what was the tipping point of choosing her to be your first episode topic that you get to lead and explore what what was the prompting point to including her in the podcast so i would i felt like she kind of she never fell off the face of the earth but she wasn't in all those like popular love story movies um for a while and then she became um very big with big little lies and little fires everywhere and then I got more invested in her book club course. Now I'm like, she has a book club. I have to read all of her books. Um, and then learned what she was doing with Hello Sunshine. And it is just amazing. So it's really, it's been in the past couple of years where I'm really realizing how much of an influence she has on women of all ages. And not just women because her media company's putting women on the same level as men, no matter what. And like you said, very complex stories and um, women of diverse backgrounds and identities and beautiful. It's beautiful. Just noticing that she's doing something that's unfortunately so different from everything everyone else is doing. It's huge. Um, she has a Netflix show that I, I didn't know about right now called Shine On with Reese. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. I had no idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think it was released this year and only has a handful of episodes right now, but they showcase <laughs> strong women leaders in their industries. So she talked with Dolly Parton for her first one because Dolly's like her role model. And then talked with the woman who directed Selma is Ava DuVernay, I believe is how you say her name. And Reese and her were talking about how women have been making movies that are huge at like indie festivals and other spaces. And I'm sure you could speak to this, Mackenzie, with your interest in film. But like, 
knowing that there hasn't been a platform for women to really be at the center of stories and be directing and producing them in Hollywood until Reese Witherspoon formed her Hello Sunshine. Yeah, so I am not as in tune as I would love to be into the entertainment industry and how things get done, besides just knowing some of the information that surrounds it, that like misrepresentation approached, which is a documentary that was done by a person very close to the entertainment industry, Jennifer Newsom. Um, and had some really interesting interviews with women and how they felt being a part of it and experiences within it. And then even that documentary was done previous to Me Too and some of the more graphic, terrible parts of some of the lack of regulation around the creative aspect of how things come together and you know, some of this leniency that happens that I think is because you can have a strike of lightning that comes together for creating glass, not to talk about Sweet Home Alabama, but that's kind of what it feels like (laughs) when you get the right cast and people together. And that happens when there's that fluency and flexibility with being contemporary and and storytelling and, and all the components it takes to bring a story to fruition and unfortunately there's so much of that that pigeonholes great ideas and thoughts and people and um then corrupt and power and all those dynamics come to play and we gotta hear about the worst of it that's been happening forever and that's terrible yeah but it's an interesting turning point and it's great to see kind of this beacon of hope that is what Reese is doing and producing and curating and prompting and so yeah and I mean it goes what you were just talking about it goes to show that it's not just a movie it's not just a platform it's influencing our life and pop culture and what we think is important So seeing faces that don't look like ours, seeing people who don't have the same backgrounds as us, it's huge. And she and her team are doing that. And I just think that's beautiful. And I, one thing in particular that I love, especially if we're referencing her two newer projects being Big Little Lies and uh, Little Fires Everywhere is in particular, the ensemble cast of women involved in those productions and the characters in which they represent. I love that in addition to them being strong women, many of the mothers battling with a lot of things within their lives, it's not just like they're strong and they're capable and they're kicking ass and they're, they're gritty and they have their faults and it's not like there are these perfect women that are living life perfectly and bashing the patriarchy, which they are often, but just they also, you know, people can be so right. And also we all have faults and we have pitfalls and we have tragedy and we have trauma and just the way in which she brings out this really full image of what this all looks like specifically for fictional women just is magical like just enchanting in like the most heartfelt way for me just to see that it's not like this pretty princess on a pedestal sort of thing like Mm -hmm. as a young woman coming of age and having all these things that were representative of the of my 20s and what it means to be an adult woman that takes care of her family and her community and just these roles in which we're expected to fill and we even want to fill. But I feel like we've been shown just such a sliver of what it looks like to have and lead that full life. And sometimes it does feel like a one or the other thing and not like the multitudes in between. So I can either be like, an angel or a bitch and like (laughs) nothing in between and all these women are so much more than that and it has meant so much to me um and my roommates and I currently are watching 
Little Fires Everywhere, which I've already watched twice through. I watched it by myself all the way through. And then during quarantine, my mom and I watched it all the way through. And now I'm watching it with my two women roommates. So. <laughs> wow. I need to give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom and I have watched all of Big Little Liars. We did that entire thing together too. So. <laughs> oh yeah. And now we're impatiently awaiting Handmaiden's Tale new apps of that you talked about how it was so impactful for like for you and these new stories that are about humanity and the complexity of being human and I, I think for us in our lives and maybe just the world around us right now it's very fragile and learning that it's okay to be human is something that I've grappled with in the last year or two especially and just making that come to life and knowing that we're not alone in our humanness and in our faults and in our strengths either, that like we can use them for good or evil. But dun, dun, dun. yeah, oh, it makes me think of Star Wars. Like <laughs> in, <laughs> in two worlds, there was the dark side, <laughs> the dark side of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but she has produced 20, well, in production or produced 26 film shows and of those 12 are currently uh announced or in pre-production wow yeah so there's so a lot coming there's a lot come so as much has already come through there's that much more coming that's incredible i had wow i had no idea if we know anything, Reese Witherspoon's a powerhouse, because not only is she producing these films and shows, she's acting in most of them. My guess is to portray the characters how she wants them to. I mean, they're not always nice characters that she has. <laughs> so I'm making sure somebody's comfortable with that is wildly important. <laughs> Just playing the humanity as we're talking about it well to be pulling these stories lines through and not being able to be the hero of your own story is a very self-realized actualized and world global perspective to be able to do that I don't know if I would be big enough to be like hey I have invested millions of dollars and I get to be the leading bitch. So that's great. And like I said, it's more complex than that. But when the realizations that you make throughout watching this media, or at least the ones that I made, it is, I don't know. I, I, think, she, I think she gets so much pleasure from all of this. And I totally get that. But what a big person to be like, I will not be playing per se the lead, I will be doing this in an ensemble format in which highlights and emphasizes the others. And yeah. I get to be the villain. I am the villain. I, I perpetuate this. And also I do that in real life too, just naturally by different components of my identity. And now I get to share yes. that with everybody. I get yes. to share that I'm a villain in real life and in media. Yes. And by villain, in real life, we really mean super feminist. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so when she's not acting or producing, she's um, doing basically Netflix talk shows, lifting up women. She, her Hello Sunshine, hosts three podcasts, which I have not listened to them because I have so many other podcasts right now and she does the book club and she does all these beautiful things and she's a mom like she has a personal life too like, what oh and I, go ahead um well yes 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 and yes um I think I was talking a little bit more to like the thematic elements of a lot of the storytelling mm. that she's doing around feminism and the intersectionality of it oh, yes. and with how heroic these efforts are that she is doing 
in the real world, she's also being willing to say that white women weaponize ourselves and that there is responsibility to be taken in that. And that's what gets highlighted throughout many of these storylines that have come forward thus far. And it could be not more timely of a discussion to bring forward, but to play a character that is not easily likable and brings pragmatic problematic elements forward. And then knowing that it is also a reflection of a politics identity aspect to going about living in the world is just incredible that she's willing to unpack that and share that and say that I'm playing a character that also I as a human being reflect our reality and you know I I play a part in this system and I'm willing to come forward and call myself what I am which uh, is a hard thing to do. It's something that literally nobody else that I know of has done, especially on this scale and in the way that she has this vision that is just a train on the track, blazing forward, just absolutely incredible. Yes. Yes. I love that she's able to do all of this and have all the complexity behind it and still own who she is in that she is a stereotypically feminine woman. She is blonde haired, blue eyes, eyed from the South. She loves dresses and plaid and she has Draper James, her fashion line that is like very Southern. She loves Southern comfort and everything it stands for the manners, the everything like that, and isn't afraid of it. I love when there is obvious multitudes to a person that they're willing to show and share that is not a pattern and outside of the norm and not stereotypical and Reese does a really good job of doing that and not doing it in a way that it feels organic. It feels like an organic progression of her understanding and her abilities and her strengths. And like, I feel like having been familiar with her work for over a decade, just seeing how there's a progression. And I, as a young professional who's looking ahead to the vastness of the world, I have a real appreciation for every step in between because they're not easy steps to take. And it doesn't be, like I said, nobody else is doing what Reese is doing with what she's doing with her company. And others have the resources and even have the values, but they don't have the vision and weren't able to utilize their strengths in a similar similar way to what Reese is doing. And she's a goddess. She's a goddess, Catherine. She is. She's wonderful. What is the ultimate takeaway from Reese Witherspoon, who we are fortunate enough to be talking about mid-career, actively doing these things in our world, the world in which we know concurrently and in all of its promises and all of its problems. <laughs> I will lead into that. Oh. Yes. Bum, bum, Because I, I just, I love Reese Witherspoon. And I always think like, you know, I never want to be an actor, but I want to do what she does. And I want to lift women up. And I want to create, I use my position as a white woman to create opportunities for other people. Mackenzie, I think we're doing that with this podcast. And I think that's partially why I wanted to talk about Reese Witherspoon today, because we have big plans, hopefully, to lift other women up, to share their businesses, to 
teach each other and any of our listeners. And that's beautiful. What we're doing is amazing. Lifting up the muses and museums of women leaders. And I mean, even farther than that, like I'm leading a book club. We're doing a podcast. We're doing like half the things Reese Witherspoon does. And (laughs) it's wonderful. I am grateful that in any way, shape, or form, I can reflect Reese Witherspoon. So any comparison, I will proudly take it. But I love your mention of seeing what she, like, oh, I never thought of myself as being somebody in the entertainment industry or as an actress, performer, but I want to be doing what she's doing. I have to say that I've had that moment a few different times when speaking with a few different professionals and it's I kind of walk away dumbfounded because I'm like I I want to be doing what you're doing and I I just feel like I empathize and I was trying to decide how much of that's because independently looking at the facts of what they're doing and how they're doing it and that sort of thing, it's like, this is great, but it's something I never considered. It was never on my radar. I never took a class around that. I never had this exposure until having literally a conversation. And now I'm like, oh, my five-year plan. What's that? That's going out the window. (laughs) I would follow you today, right now. I will pack up my house. I will kiss the cats goodbye because <laughs> they're my roommate's cats. I'm not getting rid of cats. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> to clarify, if they were my own cats, they would come with me. But <laughs> kiss the roommates goodbye. Maybe that would be more clear, including the cats. Um, <laughs> but I, I always kind of wondered if that was unique to being in communication and being able to do communication-related work in literally any industry and with any type of work or mission or vision or if everybody felt that almost instant flexibility like you would jump through a hoop to do change gather whatever it is to back this new direction Mm. and I don't know what I think is cool about Reese and her work and the empowerment that it brings is that it's we in communications can work in any field but I think the empowerment is applicable to anyone because there are opportunities to create empowering moments in any industry I mean, at Wartburg, we see science professors stepping up to lead inclusion efforts and women in STEM um, conferences and things like that. And it's like, okay, well, yes, we know women in STEM is a big issue because there are not many, let alone women of color. And these women are taking it upon themselves to make sure that women are seen and heard and that their students know that it's okay to talk and have ideas and be smart, intelligent human beings. And I mean, if, if that comes from them seeing a dumb blonde, almost playboy um, Barbie looking girl at the age of 10 on screen become a badass lawyer, yes. Yes, she disses her ex, she disses her everything, and she remains true to who she is, you know? Okay, I feel like this is the point where I say that in my last semester of my undergrad, I did attend a law school fair, literally exclusively because of Elle Woods, (laughs) met with my quick in brief hesitation with leaving my 18 years in academia <laughs> and then I never felt so certain until after I heard about the process of getting into law school and then what law school entailed itself oh my god I love it as it turns out it's not all bunny suits and 
uh, perm solved Shoot. murders. Oh, because you're told me Reese. I'm pissed. I want to refund for every single time I've watched Legally Bond. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything that you just said was just hit this really big part of my heart. Like, I just, and I love, you know, how I feel about organizational psychology and leadership as a, I mean, literally synonymous with that, but also just a device that's needed in literally every organization, community, state, in our whole country. And I love that in media, we get to think big and consider our audiences and know that they can be vast. And I think something that's important to thinking about what Reese is doing for all of the menaces that listen to this podcast um, (laughs) is... I have been putting a lot of thought into the balance of narrative and the voices that have been absent. And Reese is putting a voice and more than that, so much, so many connectors and that robust intersectionality of feminism and the voices included in that but looking at what our media has previously been and how rapidly it has changed in the last 10 years even but looking even in our lifetime and being young professionals um what what does balance look like what can that even mean in the modern era? And I don't know, but I really appreciate the influx that Reese has been able to provide and blaze. And I think there is some really significant results in others. I don't want to say who are trying to keep up, but others who are now empowered to join her in this position she's setting a new standard to creating content and to putting stories out there and it's well I wanted to complete that thought but um (laughs) it's kind of like kind of an odd like business analogy to it is we have a co-working space here in Des Moines I got to take a tour of it with our college program and you know, that's such a unique thing. We're a smaller metro in terms of cities. And there was another co-working space coming into the 515, which is our area code. Mm -hmm. Um, And somebody mentioned it on the tour. So how do you feel about another co-working space? Like, is it going to be divide this clientele and then like make both of you extinct? And they were like, no, no, no you know, we each have our own vision and missions and people are going to be attracted to each of our communities for different reasons. And really what they're doing is they're creating a district. So now more people are going to find their services and they're going to find our services and hopefully consider their options between them. But then they're going to affiliate Des Moines with a hub of entrepreneurship and creation and business. And I think that's what Reese is also doing on a larger scale in the media industry is she's creating a district for women voices to be heard and media content made by, for, with women in mind. And it's incredible. Yes. Is any of our conclusions, maybe we'll have to pick a really rotten woman to do, to, because I feel like every single person that we're going to, I mean, it's the whole point, but she's incredible. Why do you guys need an explanation? She's so great. Why are we unpacking this? Can't you just see that she's a 
freaking rainbow, okay? She's all the light in this world. <laughs> Her brain is literally hollow sunshine. Like, <laughs> just accept it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, thinking about it as she, you know, has this personal professional brand and she has created an organization and companies and subset of companies around it um, with Hello Sunshine being this beacon that eludes all of these different things. Um, the Simon Sinek in me um, sees that the why stays the same. The what changes, evolves, that being the deliverable, but even the how stays steady with the collaboration component of all of the women and bringing other, con you know, women creators and doing their crafts into the mix of producing stories around it. And that's, that's incredible. when I was in college I was like I'm right on the cusp of introvert and extrovert like I've toned it down since my youth my childish indiscretions I am an adult and that makes me more introverted <laughs> and so I thought I was riding that line pretty close to the middle hi Katie you know me really well so you're probably <laughs> laughing <laughs> but yes I never thought I could be closer to being introverted than extroverted <laughs> And, but I recently, um, I lived alone for a year, over a year when I moved to Des Moines. And I think that was a really, really positive retrieve to reconnect with myself and get to have that moment of official adulthood and create a space that was my own. But I was a little worried as I, I wanted to move into a house and inherently with the expenses of that means living with other people. And I had great people to move in with that it all stars align that we could all live together. And it feels weird, a little bit like a step backwards. Like, like I had a homestead on my own. I was a strong independent woman and it was kind of a shift into the unknown to kind of quote unquote regress into having roommates and that sort of mm. thing you know how terrible my previous ones were so um yeah. <laughs> other than your family wasn't I your only other roommate <laughs> oh 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 shoot did I say that <laughs> anyways moving on this is actually I... vodka that I'm drinking <laughs> Still post-trauma. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I had the realization that, um, so about a week in, we're starting to settle our things. It's finally starting to take shape like it's our house. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, there's a person sleeping in the room across the hall from me. And that makes me so happy. Like, just the energy of a presence of another being made me happy. And that's when I relearned that I was an extrovert. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I thought back and was thinking about just in a given day of high school for me, I had significant interactions with over 60 60 to 120 people in a day which also makes me really concerned about covid and going back to schools but um <laughs> yep <laughs> and that's i think why i ended every day despite how long it was despite how many different things i had to do some of them i wanted to do some things i didn't prefer to do and playing all these different roles i was like that should have been exhausting i was bending over backwards for all of these different people and obligations and I think I would have felt claustrophobic and locked in and I had moments of that but ultimately every day I ended just 
like a really tired, happy dog at the dog park and how important it was for my energy to have that collaboration. I, I hope Reese, I hope you feel like that at the end of your days, <laughs> like a really tired, happy dog at the dog park. <laughs> wow. That is so interesting. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> is that what you say when you don't know what to say? No. <laughs> well, yes, but yeah. no. Because <laughs> my introversion makes me think so differently. So I think it's wildly interesting that you, I mean, that you have that, that it's like, there's somebody over there. That's awesome. So at the end of the day, like, how tired are you? Do you prefer to feel like exhausted, but like you've had like a lot of energy go through you or like you prefer that you had like a pretty like sustained day where it felt like building, you know, logically fit together, building blocks, progressed. Yeah, I I would prefer a sustained day, I guess. Um, and I I prefer to be tired at the end of the day. I'm trying to I, things look so different right now. So I'm trying to like think of it in terms of like non covidy like yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of slowly like adding things back in. I have other things now after work. That you know I how plants do. like during the daytime with the sunlight, like they'll like grow and they'll they'll adjust ever so slightly to the sun and they'll perk up and then the lights go down and they just kind of like chill then. <laughs> Is that what it's like? Like a pretty like the sun's up and I'm gradually waking up and I have my hey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course you're a plant. <laughs> oh god. I figured it out. With of a course. And I figured it out. For anybody listening, if this makes a podcast, I'm crazy plant lady. So Catherine has to is the person who decides it. So it depends if you want that to become public or remain a conf- unconfirmed conspiracy theory. That's true. Maybe. Maybe. That's so interesting. I like that. It's like, because then it's like when I'm caring for my plants, I'm caring for myself. Have you seen the, there's like uh, little cartoons on the internet somewhere where it's like a plant person's watering their plant. It's like some for you, some for me. (laughs) I have seen that. I also love like the the affirmation post where they're like growth isn't linear and then it shows like the ivy plants and that brings me like a ton of peace every time I see that I take like a deep breath out and I'm like cool good reminder thanks internet you do good sometimes yes appreciate it (laughs) my favorite quote comes from a poem and I don't know who wrote it but it's, uh, I'm sure you've heard it, plant your own garden and water your own soul instead of waiting for someone to bring you flowers. I have heard that, but I don't know if I put it, you know, a loud slash in the rhythm. Like poetry is so meant, like meant to be spoken word that mm-hmm. that makes me really happy to hear that aloud. And you just have that ready right there for you. Oh yeah. It's- I would have fumbled it. I like, uh, misremembered it and then <laughs> kind of said like the wrong opposite thing that it meant and it would have been bad. I think so my parents moved after after I went to college freshman year like two weeks later and I've had I wrote that on the back of my door sometime within that first year on like a piece of paper taped it up and it's still there like I haven't taken it down I absolutely love it because I mean it's true like your your soul needs to grow and I guess maybe it's part of my introversion or part of like adulting or like coming of age but realizing that like I prefer to take care of myself spiritually and emotionally and have 
like those energizing experiences reflecting mm-hmm. and yeah I'd rather it came from myself and instead of other people and I wish I could get it from other people often because I feel like that would make my job as a communicator a lot easier and a lot more exciting <laughs> I have th- I feel the same way about the opposite because I am the you know because I'm the opposite of you and getting it and I have the moment where I get to the end of the day and I'm like I feel like I was really me but I also feel like I connected a lot of characteristics of the people in which I communicated with that day and so then I get to the end and I'm like did I adapt in like a productive way today or did I adapt in a convenient way today? Like, mm-hmm. oh. yeah, because it's just, I'm such, I'm very, I'm learning more about this, but empathetic enough that I feel on behalf of the person I'm talking to and that can enable me to sympathize some of the worser qualities or bad habits or things in which I don't think I actually have my own like experiences feeding into it where I then feel like I took on too much of what we were connecting on and then I'm like I I don't know if I needed to take that on into into my soul and so we're the opposites Catherine (laughs) the one thing that we don't have in common Whine about it. 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 Whine about it is sponsored by <laughs> Mackenzie's Vocals. May they never convince junior high choir teachers to put her into advanced choir again. <laughs> That's definitely making. I was upcut. <laughs> So I was so fortunate that over the weekend I got to see my parents and my dad and I went on a hike on Saturday afternoon and then we got lost on our hike. So we intentioned to go out for like about an hour, about three miles and it took us about two hours and five miles after getting lost in the woods. So (laughs) with our dogs, (laughs) with the doodles. But um, I was talking to him, and he was, like, my dad and I talk very real to each other. Like, I've never felt the need to hide anything from my parents, which I think is kind of an abnormal thing, which I feel very fortunate about. And in that, like, I feel like I have a pretty complete relationship with my parents, where they see me as, like, a whole human being. But um, then it surprises me when things like this come up where I'm about to whine about. Um, so he was congratulating me on my health journey and wellness journey post-graduation. So I, it's been about 18 months since I graduated from college and I've lost 40 pounds. And Congrats. thank you. Um, and really it was just a whole thing where I needed to kind of revamp. I was on a really unhealthy schedule for just personal wellness um, with stress and then different time management pieces. I didn't realize you could not fall into the fallacies of being a college student where you're up until 2 a.m. and you're doing, especially as a creative with the art lab and the video studios and just like just felt like that's what the hustle had to look like. I didn't know that there are people who are smarter and wiser and capable, and I could have been one of them, that uh, didn't have to do that to complete projects well or (laughs) at all. And so (laughs) I'm still, like, super grateful I did college in the way I did it, but in case anybody is currently in college and listening to this, there are better ways. As it turns out, I didn't have to be so traumatic with the way in which I did it. Um, but anyways, he was congratulating me on everything. I, I, he's gotten to see some results. I lived with him for quarantine for two months and I had started running 
previous to that and kept that going during quarantine. And I got to kind of introduce them to some of my health and fitness things that was really beneficial to me. But I had recently gotten a physical for the first time in literally like five years. I have not Mm -hmm. had a physical for since I was, I probably last required it in high school. So for sports. (laughs) Wow. So that was my big girl moment is in my city in which I've lived in for 18 plus plus months. I got to find a doctor to be my physician and go and get a physical. I had to get a tetanus shot. It wasn't that bad, but I didn't love hearing that. Um, (laughs) and then doing that. Um, (laughs) and anyways, that went well and it was really interesting to have to tell my story over again and to somebody who I've never met and them see my medical records and like get to kind of like rehash what health and wellness looks like Mm. and in that conversation I expressed that I would be interested in seeing a nutritionist because as much as I've been able to revamp a lot of things, quote unquote, kind of on my own and do a lot of this work, I just felt like I want to start looking to the next step of my fitness journey. And I think in order to do that, I'm ready for a little bit of a community in that or more resources and using professionals and understanding that that can be such I mean they're literally professionals in that field for a reason (laughs) and so I was telling my dad that I was thinking about going to see a nutritionist dietitian um and looking more into that and (laughs) he was like I don't know why you do that you could just you could figure that out and I didn't say anything back to him. I just kind of let the moment pass and we kept walking in silence. But that is like such a, <laughs> I think a mentality of the generation a little bit that like that and he's like an entrepreneur. And so he's like, you could Google what a healthy diet looks like. And it's like, I know I shouldn't make my 10 30 PM milkshakes, but like, I think there's like greater things at play too. <laughs> like if I had the resources and I could do it on my own, I think I would be doing it. Like this, I don't think it's wrong. Like, I mean, it's not wrong. It's never wrong to seek help, but that's just something that he so does not have ingrained for himself. And I can respect that as a part of his narrative that he always was able to figure it out pre-internet figured a lot of things out post-internet figuring a lot of things out and I'm so fine with quietly disagreeing and continuing to lead my own life but my little whine about it is just this is how like generational things happen is that this is such a taught behavior and I and proudly coming out as a collaborator who wants to talk to a senior professional than me who is educated on the topic to give guidance. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I suppose in the same thought line as sharing that, when I graduated from college, I also started seeing a therapist. And that has been so incredibly helpful. I mean, I can't even explain, like, I can't even count all the ways. Jennifer, I love you. Um, She's the best. (laughs) And yeah, so (laughs) that's my whine about it is some of those generational differences that can kind of rub you the wrong way. And I could take it really personally, but I, again, have a really great relationship. I know where he's coming from and he will support me even if he does not see any value or understanding into why somebody would seek that service to him just kind of I am so a little dumbfounded it's like what is that integrated why it's included in our insurance plan it's the same as a doctor's visit like (laughs) there's nothing to lose and only like even if I took the smallest tidbit away from the meeting like that's a productive visit I don't know yes (laughs) yeah like I understand how that can be frustrating especially maybe when it comes from a parent kind of invalidating things that you're doing to help yourself and be an adult and kind of take care of yourself in those ways that you haven't before. Well, like on the curtail of complimenting me for doing all of this previous work and then saying, 
do you really need help? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure in some ways he's like, you figured it out the first time, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Catherine, do you have a wine about it? Wine about oh. it, wine about it, wine about it, wine about it. <laughs> Thank you, because I wasn't going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> you can hop on the piano quick. <laughs> it's right there, but I don't... Mm. You don't feel the need to sing? <laughs> no. It's okay. I'm more of an acapella gal myself. I guess my wine about it is a little professional, maybe? Ooh. Well, so, um, I know, I know. So, it, everyone is so super busy right now, you know? Yeah, And we have this project where we're, um, myself and one of my colleagues are creating an event, basically a virtual event. Um, and part of it is involving some high level people at the college and it feels like nobody is on the same page. And I got asked if I would be willing to make adjustments to a collateral piece that I shepherded and printed a hundred pieces of. So when folks ask me to do that and don't understand the whole scope of making corrections and printing and costs and things, it's, uh, I just, I feel like, I don't know if I'm not doing my job correctly or if I don't carry enough wait yet to um not be challenged in my decisions or if I come back and say actually this is why we did this because so to clarify like you followed the communication plan of who needed to vet it etc right and then this person did not act within the timeline in system that was in place right and they're not involved in that timeline or system they're okay, kind, of, it's okay. kind of a separate piece sure so um yeah there's a there's been quite a few things where it feels like i'm not undermined but then i'm worried somebody's going to get cc'd on it and i can't handle it myself maybe this is part of like an imposter syndrome thing or feeling mm. secure and i mean it is still a year and a month into me being in this role that is a new role yeah I just feel kind of insecure about some of the projects I'm working on and that's really interesting and that's a lot to admit to it's so hard to feel like I don't like I really appreciate your vulnerability in admitting that you're feeling insecure around it because I had many moments where in retrospect that was insecurity coming out, but I wanted to feel like I had a handle on it. And so I just tried to prove myself that I had traction and that I, I had an understanding when I in fact did not have as well of an understanding. And that was just me not wanting to be vulnerable to enough to admit it to myself to an extent. Yeah. Um, and I can also understand some the frustration surrounding it. it. It felt like we had, I mean, we had all of our people check off on these things and I think it'll just be worth an email to like after I collect my thoughts tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get our supervisor who is overseeing this cc'd and then it'd be like an uncomfortable thing right yeah yeah because it was just a thing that i thought would be like a really easy ask that's turning into something more difficult and making me feel insecure about it and sure yeah you know yeah. i can really 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 relate to the dynamics of that circumstance actually so it's hard <laughs> yeah 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 so that's my that's my line about it and I think now that I've talked it through it's going to be fun. easier to do yeah 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 isn't that funny how it's like okay now that I've divvied up kind of all the bits and pieces about it it's I know my next steps now yes and yeah yes 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 
(laughs) Thank you for talking through that with me. It's absolutely my pleasure. I recently realized that actually my dream job would be to be a a career advisor. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that. Or it's on my dream job list, I should say. I have a list that I keep of all the different things I would love to do. But that does not surprise me. (laughs) Newly high on the list. So, um. (laughs) thank you, Catherine, so much for bringing Reese Witherspoon to the forefront of our thoughts and reflections and discussions today. And we will be back at it next week with a check-in where we talk a little bit more about these thoughts and feelings and current world happenings and just checking in with how it's all going forward. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thank you, Peter Todd. (laughs) See you next time.